Hello, and welcome to the Overly Animated Podcast, where we take animation seriously. We talk everything animation here, including DuckTales, which we'll be talking about today. I'm your host, Alex Bonilla, and today I'm joined, as usual, by Michelle Anderer. Hello. And Steve Zeck. Hey. We are back to talk DuckTales. It has been a while, but now we are in September 2019, which we're seeing a group of eight episodes to finish off the season. And we are now at the in the first weekend, so we will be covering the first four episodes of that bomb, which is Whatever Happened to Donald Duck, Happy Birthday Doofus Drake, A Nightmare on Killmotor Hill, and The Golden Armory of Cornelius Coote. If you want to catch up on our previous discussions on DuckTales, you can do that at OverlyAnimated.com. On OverlyAnimated.com slash iTunes, you can find our DuckTales feed there. You can find us on YouTube at YouTube.com slash OverlyAnimated. But wherever you listen to us, we appreciate any ratings and reviews you want to leave us. But yeah, um, with that in mind, we are going to dive right in. Um, spoilers for these uh, latest episodes. Uh, we'll begin as usual with our general impressions. Uh, it's been uh, again, like it's been a while since we've gotten to Ducktales, so it, well, it, this will be back into our usual discussion mode here. But anyways, uh, Michelle, uh, how after these uh, four episodes for the week, uh, how are you feeling about Ducktales lately? Ducktales is good. Ducktales is a good show. I like that's obviously not a hot take, but <laughs> it bears repeating. I don't. I can't like. I can't think of a recent memory of, like, a DuckTales episode that I was even, like, meh on. Though I know, like, first season there were a couple. I was kind of like, okay, this is fine. But, like, all these, I think, are really solid. And I think two of them are, like, exceptional. Um, Which we're going to get into. I'm curious if the ones I think are exceptional are the same ones you guys think are exceptional. Mm -hmm. Because, like, there could be some wild cards among us. Who Mm -hmm. knows? Mm -hmm. But, like... I feel like whatever happened to Donald Duck was a really good Donald episode. Like, especially when we get, like, the backstory with his anger management, like, therapist. And he's like, Donald has learned to channel all of his anger into his, like, parental feelings to, like, protect the nephews. Like, oh, my God. He, like, went off on that alien guy. And it was amazing. And I just, like, yes. Donald's moment this season. He's such a good parent. Look at him go. And also, he didn't die, but now they think he's just going to be gone for a month, which maybe that's like legit. Maybe he's going to have a Donald alone episode now where he's like (laughs) hitchhiking back to the family, trying to warn everyone about the alien invasion, and no one believes him. I can see that. Or no one understands him. No one understands, literally. And the (laughs) therapist even knows that. So Mm -hmm. good. So that was a really good episode. I was legit surprised by how good Happy Birthday Doofus Drake was. Like, Doofus Drake is such a scary person, but I think that's why we keep coming back to him. And that episode did not disappoint. Like, the fact that Goldie and Greenshirt teamed up was like, yes! Yeah, don't know their names. I don't have to. <laughs> That's what the shirt colors are for. But it was so good. It was like, oh man, uh, so many good gags in that one. I mean, Glam Gold talking and fighting with his fake like ventriloquist son was also oh, another highlight. Now, now he needs a therapist for sure. <laughs> he does. Maybe because he's like an off-brand version of Boxman to me sometimes. <laughs> And, like, he, I, I appreciate having him around. He's a lot of fun. Nightmare on Kilmoto Hill was, like, I feel like objectively one of the best episodes. Just, oh, man, Lena's whole situation is so... She's She's got some inner demons, and I, I, I'm glad she's getting to a place where, like, she's not, like, afraid of them anymore. Like, that's that's a lot of progression for her, so I'm sure we'll talk more about that one. Cornelius Coot was fine. There was corn in it. And, like, a pioneer village. And, I don't know, I kind of feel, like, bad for the Beagles, obviously. I feel like maybe they were a little disenfranchised, and that's why their family's so, like, like just after money. Maybe they don't have a lot of money, and there's a million of them, and they have this kind of sad backstory with the, the town. And, I don't know, it, it kind of made me think more about them than I ever have. So, <laughs> there's that. But all in all, they're good episodes. All right, all right. So, pretty pretty positive spin on on all four of these. So, okay, um, Steve, how how are you feeling about the episodes? <laughs> all right, okay. It's 
I, I'm on the show. I, I kind of loved I loved all these episodes. I, I did not really a bad one. Probably my two favorites probably had to be whatever happened to Donald Duck and Nightmare on Komoto Hill. Mm. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, but the other two is fine too. I mean, Doofus finally get his come up things. I mean, yes, <laughs> yes, he did. Brother <laughs> now. Yeah. <laughs> um. And we find out about Donald's anger issues and his anger management. Jones, who is a character in a car bark comic, who was his neighbor, who we often like feuded with. And we got two episodes. We got mention of Fooey Duck. Which yes, <laughs> the, the the fourth triplet Fooey. What a yeah. great name! <laughs> oh, that was great. Great episode. Um. I don't know which one I like best. Um, probably the Donald one because I just love Donald. But the but the Olina one I like too. Um, I was going to have Donald as a special surprise guest here, but him and Daisy ha- are are at Jay Z and Beyonce's house at a party. You know, Daisy and Beyonce are best friends. So what? what where is this coming from? It's a joke. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Donald Donald Duck is super famous and has celebrity friends oh, when he's okay. on the show. <laughs> um, but I, uh, but you know, I like the, the surprise that Webby got to bond with Della. I did not see that coming. Yeah. And oh, and like I said, speaking of power, Lena took her power back from Magica, just like Doofus's parents took back the power from him. So those two sort of parallels. You're right. Yeah. This seems like a stretch, but okay. <laughs> parallels, Alex. Don't you feel it? No. And I think, and I love the dreams. And I think Wolf Lena is super adorable. So let's see more of that. Uh, that was okay. a take I didn't expect, but okay. <laughs> Uh, there, there are many takes I do not expect from Steven. These initial <laughs> thoughts we go really, really deep in. But all right, um, I will say that um, whatever happened to Donald Duck is really good episode. Kill Motor Hill is an amazing episode. Yeah, yeah. Right? it's just it's. It, so it's good. it's very visually creative, and I think like uh, um we we talked briefly about Ducktales on our OKKO OK finale podcast, which you can listen to on OverlyAnimated dot com, which talks about like how rigid sometimes Ducktales feels, especially in comparison to something cartoonier like OKKO. OK like Killmoder Hill is kind of the brief moment where Ducktales gets mm-hmm. to be a lot more visually interesting and creative mm-hmm. with with its stuff, and so that that gives it like a totally different feel, and so mm-hmm. I think that. DuckTales benefits when it goes off of, oh. off the lane like that. So mm-hmm. Kill Motor Hill was just very interesting to watch. On top of like the character stuff that's going on with with Lena and Webby and and the the and Magica. So like all oh, that's great. Uh, Doofus Drake is fine. Like no, <laughs> no, that's my second favorite episode of uh, these four. I think <laughs> it's it's saved by Glomgold because I really love Glomgold. So like oh, yeah. his, his contributions are great. But yeah, like the the Louis Goldie co- combination, I I mm. couldn't really get into it. But yeah, we'll, we'll me talk neither. About, we'll talk oh, about what. Guys. Well, we'll talk about what you what you uh, found great about it. And uh, um, Cornelius yeah. Coots also like it. it I never really like dug into it of what the um the webby being obsessed thing like, I think even the nephews refer to it as like oh this is how she used to be all the time so it's like it yeah. kind of feels like a callback to er- to early webby and I'm not sure it still it still works today but uh um yeah so that that felt like a bit more of a run of the mill Ducktales episode but the, the yeah. Donald Duck one and Killmoter Hill felt felt like a, above average for for Ducktales and like doing doing more interesting stuff that I latched onto. Um let's begin with I, I guess we have to begin with Donald Duck because yeah. that, that's like the episode that yeah. is connecting to our most mm-hmm. recent episodes where like last time we saw Donald was shot to the moon. So <laughs> this is the mm-hmm. continuation. Um, what, what, what was your guys, um, favorite part uh, of this that, although we like you already referred to it in initial thoughts a little bit, but like, is there a specific part of this episode mm-hmm. that called, that called out to you guys when watching, uh, Michelle? 
I so I remember making a joke last time. It's like, okay, Donald's going to the moon. You guys would have like literally no one can understand him on the moon. And then we got that in the first five minutes. It's like, yes, the show knows what they're doing. Oh, it's so good. It's like I love the the person that crowd shine, like, what did he say? And then the sketch alien guy's like, Oh, he said like death to all people on the moon. They're like, oh, we hate him. I was I was surprised that oh god Penumbra yeah, yeah. Penumbra like she called Della her friend like she said it like very begrudgingly and kind of awkwardly but like <laughs> is that like for real now are they actual friends because that's kind of a big deal right mm. it's a big deal that she's admitting it <laughs> yeah that's for sure um I I will say that my favorite related my favorite part is Penumbra in this episode because yeah. she she it definitely feels a long way from how we saw her in previous episodes and she's now helping out Donald in this episode mm-hmm. I think that uh it does a really good job of showing how uncomfortable she is with the whole situation like trying yeah. to fit into the structure um there was a there was a good thread uh, put out by Sam King one of the storyboarders uh, on this episode and she noted that like for example the general Lunaris always has his hand on Penumbra as like kind of a manipulative power move and mm-hmm. uh, something that happens in real life a lot so like it's just like it just, I think that they do a really good job of like fitting Penumbra into this uh, moral quandary and so it, it feels good when she like uh, is able mm. to get Donald alone is like okay I'm going to help you because like we already see her feeling weird in the in the first part of the of the episode and you know overall they they and so then you feel bad when she gets disabled later on by by um lunaris mm. but i think that penumbra is really strong in this episode and it hel- helps a lot to, for the the tension provided in the in the beginning in the first half of this episode my favorite part was Donald defeating all those soldiers in the uh <laughs> by like accident basically. Yeah. 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 But that was oh, that was awesome. That's classic Donald. <laughs> and, and no, in this series, Donald is kind of a lot more OP than he normally is. I, um but I, I think it was shocked the big war room was a big, big shock that the fact that um, that this general, what's his name, Loon, Lunaris, Lunaris, that he sort of, uh, he had his plan all along. Um, that he might know Scrooge. He might have some history with Scrooge. Though I think you know what he could be his downfall. He put all the threat levels, and I don't see Mrs. Beakley, and I don't see Webby on that list. That's so that's true, gonna be his downfall. True. Underestimating them. <laughs> uh, but yeah, um. Also, um, Jonesy is in the show. Jonesy's in the show. I cannot believe such an obscure character in the lore of Disney's Ducks is <laughs> on the show. Who is he? <laughs> Tell us his backstory. He's Donald's neighbor. That's his <laughs> <laughs> backstory, Steve. But well, he's a neighbor in the comics. Not well, to be fair, that, that would be the backstory of an obscure character. <laughs> Well, yeah, and yeah, only thing sure. more obscure though is if we get, say, Dottie Duck or Dottie Duck. Da- yeah, or that, that was originally Daisy Duck's niece, or April, May, and June, which was also Daisy Duck's nieces, um, or Grandma Duck, Donald Duck's grandma. We're not gonna go through all Disney Ducks oh obscure characters. No, Alex. Now, season ten, you're telling me you don't want to see Donald Duck's grandma make no. a cameo appearance. I want that. Save them for the three exactly caballeros series on Disney Plus. Shove them over there. Anyways, back <laughs> to Ducktales. Exactly but like slightly more feminine, and I so want to see that. <laughs> Uh, but um, yeah, uh, you you mentioned the the scene of of Donald Duck like beating up all the soldiers. I'll say that that part also stood out to me as just being like uh, the 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 show being able to dive really deep into the slapstickiness of like oh, showing focusing on the four bunks and him like bouncing between bed to bed and getting the <laughs> the comic one. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So the, the, that that was all great, and then like him kind of dance battling everybody once the scorpion's <laughs> in his shirt so that they, they they have fun with donald <laughs> and, and it, i love pernilba's reaction to all that and I, she's like oh maybe you're not as like lame as i thought you were <laughs> you mm-hmm. can handle this room mm-hmm. uh, also i will say that it's it, it's uh 
it hit pretty pretty well that uh, Lunaris is like, hey, like everybody focuses on Scrooge. What I'm going to do is I'm going to kill the kids first because that'll break their spirit. Oh, I feel man, that's, that's yeah. not, a, that's not a thing we get to see often in, in shows. Like just outright, like I'm, I'm aiming for the kids first. So good, good, good on I, Lunaris for like I think being true might bad. Be, I think he might be as evil as Magicka. Maybe. I mean, yeah, definitely his own way. Let's talk about Lunaris for a second, because I feel like so he's had a lot of time on his hands. He's been able to creep on the whole world, and he's determined that Scrooge is the most likely like person to stop him. So that's why he wants to focus on the Duck family. Why does he want to conquer the Earth so bad, though? We have no indication that... Oh. Earthers have done anything I to Mooners. They mentioned that before. They mentioned that before. He's talking to Print Number last time. He said something to do with his father. His father was scared know, of the okay. Earth. And I think he wants to prove something. I guess he might have daddy issues. So. <laughs> or just like xenophobia issues. Yeah. That checks out. There's also a line in here where uh, I think Donald Duck says something about the Earth being a planet. And it's like, the moon will be a planet when we get rid of you or something. Right. So he's insecure about the status of his moon, Ooh. I guess. Oh, now we gotta hey, look. Now. <laughs> now we have to... Now we have to look out for Pluto invading because they have the same sort of issues. Yeah. Sure, man, I just pictured Pluto the dog. I'm like, Steve, how did he even get there? <laughs> He's just one dog. Does Did Pluto the dog come from Pluto the small dwarf? That would explain so much, though, because, again, like, everyone brings this up, but if Goofy, like, ha- can wear clothes and own a house and a mortgage. Okay, since you're making this. But so if Pluto's literally from Pluto, maybe that's why he's a regular dog. Since you mentioned this, you mentioned Goofy, let me just say what I think could happen. And I think along the way, Donald is going to get help getting back to Duckburg from Goofy. Oh, really? Yeah, because, you know, he his ship, like, landed on Earth somewhere. It probably, probably, like, far away. He has to hitchhike, probably, to get to Scrooge, so. Was Goofy ever in the original DuckTales, Steve? No. Well, I don't know that. He's going to be in season three. Uh, they did this big poster of these new characters that's coming, so. Hmm. Oh, really? Well, then who knows? Oh, Maybe. you want, want me to uh, put that in the chat? No, you don't need to put that in the chat. But, okay. uh, <laughs> I mean, if you want to, you can, I guess. Okay, okay. You guys, uh, okay, we should talk as you. I can find a link to it. Um, so, uh, uh, while all this is happening, there's also the B plot going on of the uh, Duke. Um, of Dewey and Webby doing like this whole noir-ish detective-y stuff and they're yes. down Donald Duck. Were, were you guys into detective. this part of the episode? I usually have no time or brain power for noir but this time I did and I actually thought oh. it was pretty fun because like obviously we knew it wasn't going to lead anywhere substantial and I don't know, I always like seeing Blue Shirt and Webby together. They have like a special investigating, like adventure spirit kind of bond. And I like whenever that comes back. Cause like, even though Della is what kind of brought them together as a team, they're still managing to do other adventures after the fact. And I think that's nice because I like seeing them together. I, yeah, I have thoughts on that and on Webby and, and Dewey that. We'll get to it's more to do with um the Nightmare Commoter Hill, but we'll get to that. I'll say it's talk about that, but okay. I do have a good tandem. Um, I do all those puns Dewey made. I mean, Dewey was on fire this week with all his like his humor in these episodes. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, okay. I, I I will just personally say I did not have time for this for this annoying <laughs> stuff. I was very annoyed by it. I was happy that they tied it in at the end with like the anger management consultant like talking about Donald's psyche as we see Donald fighting Lunaris. I think that that's a very excellent way to like t- tie in stuff and give us background info. So like that part was great, but I don't think it paid off us spending so much time just like watching the kids wander around but that's just me i'm sure yeah, the other people had fun with it but uh but jones is cool jo- jo- jones ha- has uh, has deep thoughts about donald did he problems. have a did he have a russian accent i don't think so like it's just, just a, a, i think it's just an ang- like an old gruff man accent oh <laughs> uh, 
If that if that counts as an accent, I think it's one of the two. <laughs> well, Gruff Man's definitely an accent <laughs> now. Um, it, it's good that Donald's see, actually seeing a therapist, and it's not really commented on as a bad thing. You know, it's just like a normal well, thing. Ma- well, well it, maybe give maybe they could give give Glongo his number. <laughs> Yeah, many many characters could use an anger management consultant in this universe. Um, although I will say, also, um, Dewey subsequently like, well, then why is he still angry all the time if yeah. he goes to you? Which you know, I, I get, I guess, is true in that we kind of see Donald angry a lot, but also people, yeah. people around him make make very stressful situations all the time, so I don't blame him. Uh yeah yeah um, poor Donald yeah yeah uh I I also want to note at the end where Donald uh, shoots himself out of the cannon uh there's a cool animation going on of him like getting pressed back into the seat and it goes into like a 2001 a Space Odyssey style like the colors going going past him in like a little, little aisle there so like they also had fun with with the animation there as well and I I enjoyed mm-hmm. that so like okay. rainbow seeing rainbows in his eyes. The Space Odyssey thing totally killed me. I was like, oh my god, why is this happening? But also, I'm kind of glad this is happening, because mm-hmm. it's like the most kid-friendly version okay. they could have done. Yeah. And it, it somehow, it weirdly works with the character like Donald. Like, I don't know how, but it just, it, it checks out. Yeah, because, I, like, I, I mean, Donald is going through time and space. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Donald's gonna. I, I do think Donald's gonna get the most credit for saving the world in the finale, and he's gonna become a big celebrity next season. I like. I don't know. I think I, that could happen, Steve. But I kind of like that Donald is always like humbly just Donald. You know, that's part of the appeal of him. Yeah. Well, yeah. So but I wouldn't want test. to lose that. Would be cocky. You know, that'd be a little sad. Well, and by the way, I got the I got the picture for season three picture <laughs> right here on the chat. Goofy's there. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know, and, and by the way, um, should I make it now or at the end? My prediction for the finale. We, we can say predictions at the end. At the end. Um, yeah, okay, okay. Ooh, there's going to be a Triceratops next season. That's exciting. <laughs> that's the best dinosaur. Well, no, that's coming this week. The dinosaur is? Next episode. All right. Well, like this poster really took us nowhere. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> no That's yeah, like uh, <laughs> Donald is going to be uh, an astronaut, but he's going to reject the fame and be like, "Hey, I was going to go on a vacation. Now I'm going to take my vacation, please." And he'll go on vacation because he deserves it because he's a good duck. Uh, <laughs> and any other thoughts on, on this episode? Ooh, wait, wait a minute. Hey, somebody wants to talk. What, Donald? Oh, no. Okay. Okay. Uh, Donald, uh, Donald, <laughs> Donald says uh, he loved the episode. He's glad you guys liked it, too. Well, He's got to go back to Jay-Z's party. So, Why, why do you have yeah. the clip on his beak, Steve? Like, let him talk normally. Like, well, well, Why did you clip him? No, he talked. That you guys can't understand him. That's your problem. No, you I, gotta- I, I'm pretty sure that you have that potato chip bag clip on his beak. Oh, God. Oh. If all of us decided to do like a 48 hour no sleep podcast, this is the kind of place I think we would get to. I'm astounded we got here in only half an hour. Uh, so, such is fate. Um, speaking of being awake for 48 hours, a nightmare on Killmotor Hill is. Oh. Wait, you're, is- not, you're not going to do the. Uh- do for Drake one? No, we'll get to that later. <laughs> okay, I thought you want to do it in an order. Nah, who cares about order? And plus, <laughs> I, I think that Kilmotor Hill is interesting to talk about because okay. this is a Lena episode. Yeah, and uh, Lena, we haven't seen her in a while. Second, probably my second favorite character on the show, <laughs> behind Donald, of course. But oh, wow. so Webby's your third favorite? Isn't that kind of low, Steve? <laughs> well, Webby's a regular, so it's sort of like I'm talking about the. Uh, you know, less is more sometimes. Oh, I see. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and and Lena has been less for a bit, but to this episode she was more. Um, she's been struggling with nightmares, and so she is trying to force herself to stay awake. So this is her equivalent of a no sleep podcast. It's her like trying to force a sleepover to four a.m. Have you guys ever stayed up to four a.m.? 
all the time. Yeah, all the time. Really? Oh, like on the weekend, yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, I especially especially if I watch like a, a great little like like a great show or something. I'm I'm really pumped and excited. And I'm just like stay up all night, just so too excited to sleep. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I'm a baby and I can't stay up past like two AM, but <laughs> That means your body respects you. That <laughs> makes you older than all of us, really. Yeah, I'm I'm obviously the old man with a cane mm-hmm. around here. If I, uh, I just realized though, the title, the title, it's sort of a play on a nightmare on Elm Street. Very gutsy for Disney to mention a horror movie on their show. Well, there are many horror tropes touched upon in this episode. Like you got a. Uh, you got um, them falling through like dream holes, and there's creepy, yeah. creepy people dressed in costumes. Well, um, the biggest nightmare was the biggest creep thing was Dewey's dream, which just—it's so creepy. Okay, so high school, high, I because one nothing more scarier than High School Musical. That's the no, I loved it. <laughs> it was so, it was so blue shirt. That whole place was so him. Like he when he said, "Like yeah, I have, like joking, I have the balls on tap." I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm just trying to. I'm trying to make fun of High School Musical. So uh. it's aware. Disney is aware of its own branding. <laughs> yeah. Um. While we're on the topic of the nightmares, I, I, something that I do really want to bring up, though, um, Huey Red Redshirt's dream is to have really long legs, and Dewey, in particular, is very creeped out by this. I find this to be very aspirational of a dream, and I'm not creeped out by it at all. But what about you guys? How do you guys feel about a dream of someone having really, really long legs? Ooh, I'm not sure. It it reminds me of Inspector Gadget, so... So you're not intimidated by it, Steve, right? No. um, I do find very kind of revealing in this episode, we kind of see... That Huey and Violet, they got a lot of things in common. What? That's where you decided to take this? Come on. (laughs) Enough of the long legs. Let's get to the real meat. (laughs) Well, no, you know, that's a very popular sip on the Tumblr. So I'm sure some people are very, very happy. Yes. (laughs) Did they even talk to each other once in this episode? I don't think they do, Alex. I don't think they do. (laughs) Michelle, do you like long legs? Um, I I mean, generally, long legs are fine. You can get places faster. But for red shirt, I mean, I don't know. It was a little... Because, like, it's just his legs. Everything That's else weird. is still normal proportion. And I can kind of see where the rest of his family is coming from. Like, that's a little uncomfortable. Well, but then when his, like, when his arms get all spaghetti long, I'm like, okay, well, now it's balancing out a little more. Like, maybe it's all right. Oh, I love his reaction at the end, like... How he knows is not a dream anymore. His legs are yeah, back to normal. Like, poor guy. I like he's just like I'm not creative about imagining things. <laughs> so that's all he thought of for his dream. Well, mm-hmm. look, you, you gotta you gotta start somewhere, and he started it with his own body, so that's good. Um, Ooh, my, I I loved Louis' dream though. Green shirt's dream. Um. Is Garfield pretty much Garfield? Oh, yeah. His ultimate dream is just to be a cat. Uh, Michelle, your your thoughts on this on this fantasy? We have talked about cats before, so well, I get a bad rap. Being a fat cat's like being like a wealthy dude, right? Mm. So in that sense, like mm. he is literally cat, but also he's like pretty well off. Being a fat cat where people feed you, you get to knock hands off the couch arm, I think that's a pretty great life. I mean, he doesn't have to do anything. He's just happy and it's green and green's the best color. Now, I think this is definitely the best dream sequence if you look at it that way. Is that the kind of cat that you would want to be or what kind of cat would you prefer to be? spotted one but also like you those norwegian forest cats with their huge floof tails that they <laughs> used to cover their face in like a snowstorm in the winter i want that but with spots and like at least three colors so a calico norwegian forest cat with a foof tail wow, that's what i want wow. uh, <laughs> oh, that's that's beautiful I, <laughs> I what will, kind of cats do you guys want to be I, I would like to be a striped cat oh striped cat yeah what colors <laughs> white with black stripes I think I want to be like a chocolate colored cat, so like yeah. like brown ish. I, I do want to be floofy, um, but probably not as big as green shirt cat. Like I, I do want to like be able to move around without having to jiggle too much. 
Um, you know, have, have the agility to jump sure. from place to place, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, that tricks out, yeah. Yeah, but like, yeah, cat, cat, being a cat is, it's a dream that we should all have at least once in our lives, you know, just live mm-hmm. a little. Very relatable, yeah. Expand yeah. your horizons. And I'm glad this episode, it, it was not anti-cat. I've seen too much of this anti-cat propaganda yeah. and animation. <laughs> so... Yeah, and no, so this show probably the other way around. Most a lot of the villains here, like the Beagles, are dogs. So, hmm. <laughs> yeah, oh, this yeah, is like one of, the, one of the few anti-dog universes. <laughs> Ducktales. Well, um, until Goofy but, shows up. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, back to like the main story of this episode, which is Lena and uh, her struggles to leave behind her past of being attached to Magica, and she's dealing with all these nightmares. And it's portrayed slowly over the course of the episode with more vivid versions of Magicka popping up in the random nightmares. And she's slowly losing hold on reality until it gets to the point where she gets sucked down a a dream hole to Magicka's castle. Um, how, how did, how did you, well, Michelle, um, how did you feel about how, how this episode handled, um, Lena's, like, continuing uh, Lena's story of her struggles with leaving behind her past. I, I mean, I thought it was really well done, especially just the fact that it it came up so often. Like, there's so many times where she either had a transformation or was trying to hide, like, her hair changing color or her growing, like, the evil sketchy wings or turning into a dog, like, so many times. So I feel like it was definitely, like, a really prominent part of the episode that they wanted to like have you keep remembering the whole time Mm -hmm. and i feel like i wish like i need to go back to the first season but like so um magica had this whole conversation for at the end of the episode where she was saying like you literally came for me so you are me Mm -hmm. and i feel like even like not on a literal level like that's like definitely a thing like abusers like say though Mm -hmm. like to their family right it's like Mm-hmm. We, we we're from the same family we have the same genes like you you're gonna turn out like me no matter what because we're like linked and the fact that like the episode takes so much time to have like webby tell her that like no you're your own person mm-hmm. you've already made decisions that clearly separate you from like this history with magica you can you can change and be your own person like it, it's very yeah, it's like a legit thing that's important for mm-hmm. people who've gone through abusive stuff mm-hmm. to hear. And I feel like it was really well handled. Like I feel like it was such a smart choice to put them in a, a dream a dreamscape because then you can just like visually highlight all of those like fears and concerns on a much grander scale. And I feel like that's something that this episode in particular did really well and handled really well. So I feel like they did an excellent job with mm. that, like honestly. Yeah, it's I agree. It definitely had a definitely a message here about abusive relationships. And at the end, like Magica wanted you to think she had all the power, but when really Lena had all the power. Mm-hmm. See, the abusee turned the things around. Now the abusee has the power here and uh, is able to walk away. And I'm shocked at the fact that they um. They just leave Magica there. They don't like tell Scrooge like to call the police or something because, you know, given the trouble she's caused, she ought to be arrested, you know. Well, I guess like she's like it she's basically powerless now though, right? Yeah. So it's like she's she's not even worth getting Scrooge for because yeah. like what can she do? Uh, yeah. Though I do kinda wonder though how she got that device. I mean, did she steal it from Gyro, like perhaps? Because <laughs> like, like Louis said though, like Magic is your whole thing. You're not really a tech person, so hmm. that's true. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and it, it continues um, from the the finale of the last season, where like Magica is reduced to like this very pathetic creature, just kind of crawling away, um, you know, defeated. So like the, at the end of this episode as well, like we we get into that, and I think that the, the parallel to to an abusive relationship is very apt because also I do think that the first season like kind of uses uh, that uh, that as well with. Lena and Ma- Magica being Lena's shadow, and at times like Magica overtakes Lena's uh, Lena's body, and like it, she loses control. So, like I think like you you could you could fit that in 
to the Lena Magica dynamic throughout the first season as well. Mm. If, if if we go oh. back to those episodes, and um, also a quick though, speaking of which, is yeah, the season finale. Like yeah, um, we had you know Magica take over Lena's body. It's great to see these two voice actresses now. They got to play each other's characters. Like like in this episode, you know, you know, Kathleen Tate got to play Lena for a bit for like a for like a scene. Mm-hmm. One line, or at least, just like uh, Kiuma Glenn got to play Magica last season, so kind of interesting. Um, there's that moment where, like, uh, Ma- where Magica takes, uh, um, where Li- Magica makes Lena turn into the Magica yeah. body, and yeah. and she, so Lena has to hear from Webby, "You're a monster," and like that kind of like th- throws oh. her off, and I, I, I felt that pretty. <laughs> pretty oh, hard. oh, speaking so of which, that, that was a very, good, that was a very good moment, but I'm also glad that it didn't last uh, too long, and like eventually, like it makes itself clear that Webby knows who who this is. So I'm glad that it didn't yeah. stretch out for too long. Well, yeah, I was, I was worried about that too. I'm like, are they all gonna like try to beat her up? That's gonna be so sad, and I kind of don't want to see that. I'm glad it didn't happen. And um, as you know from the series, Webby hates Magica, and I kind of wonder. Lena kind of knows that. Maybe that leads to some of her insecurities and fears because you know, if she if she felt that she sort of connected to Magica, then maybe she feels Webby in in the end will reject her because you know. She's because Webby. I don't. Webby's a person who never hates anybody. But what we saw in the uh, season finale, the, that's just really, just, just really like a new point of her character, as we saw in in that episode. Well, and I enjoy the the beginning of this episode. Yeah. It deals with Lena kind of feeling awkward about like being a good person. Like she she's not used to being on this side of things. And it's like, it comes off as very, very strange. It's like, yeah, one, one year anniversary, I, I got like a whole song and bracelets. And everybody's just like, uh, <laughs> oh, is, is, what is this? And she's like, very honest. It's like, look, I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to be around oh, social situations. Okay. Yeah. Like, uh, I, I related to that pretty, pretty hard. And it's a good representation of like, you know, li- Lena is struggling to become her own person as opposed to thinking of herself in relation to Magica. And this mm-hmm. episode does a good job in exploring that and in, have, in showing that she has um, a support system, especially in Webby, that is able to reaffirm her, her in terms of you are your own individual. And that's like a very powerful message to have. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, it's indeed. Um, am I the only one, though, who thinks, though, there's sort of, Similarities between the three girls and the triplets. Uh, I believe you so mentioned the, this last yeah, time. We like didn't I said, really get I, anywhere with that. But, I, I um, said Webby and Dewey are sort of similar, but I think definitely Hugh and Violet are similar. And in a way, when I think about Leah, Lena and Lou, Louie are not that much different. In turn. They're sort of the more sassy ones of their groups. And they are also sometimes might do morally questionable things, most likely do more questionable things of the of their group. So interesting parallels there. I'll say that the connection between Violet and Huey is that Huey get usually gets to do the least stuff in the yeah. nephew episodes, <laughs> and Violet doesn't really have anything to do in this episode. Oh so my god, like, there you go then. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's their connection. I mean, I, 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 Violet is the one who like points out, like, oh, okay, your bad dreams must be a sign that your magical aura is messing stuff up, because like, she's now a magic expert. But like after that, I don't <laughs> really think she has much of a contribution. She's just kind of there. Uh, what so, was her episode? So, yeah, yeah. So interesting though, I can't wait to meet her parents. So, um, <laughs> as you know, she she uh, she has two dads. So, okay, okay. <laughs> um, let's hear other random notes from this. Um, during Dewey's dream, something I, I I took down. Like, there's a moment where he's like. Here's my romantic interest, but I'm too oh, threatened by it to that. take shape. You know, and Dewey's I, dream, Dewey's dream. Yeah, do, Dewey, Dewey, right? But like, just uh, do the colors. Easier. <laughs> no, I, I, I will. I'm, fi- I'm fine with you using the color, but I will try to make the effort of using their names because yeah. they're individuals Blue who shirt. deserve it. 
And um, people get on me for not to be good with names, and uh, at least I'm trying. Wow, wow, Steve. <laughs> wow, real, 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 real flats there. Um, <laughs> I, I just want to point out that I think that that romantic interest is like using both a male and female yes. voice. Yes, that too. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, that's a very good detail. Like you know, literally, like he doesn't know what his romantic orientation is yet. So it's like yeah. it can be anything. So that, that that's a pretty cool detail to throw in there. Um, there's also the moment where to go into Huey's dream, he pulls them into the litter box of Louie. Yeah. Everybody is is visibly disgusted, but we see people going through a litter box to a dream. Yeah. So that is an image that exists. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm sure that's a gif somewhere. Um, the, there's a moment where Dewey is just like, I dreamed you a montage, and then we just go through, like dream montage mm-hmm. and uh, Lena slowly losing her mind. Um, th- th- this is the appearance of Fooey Duck. Um, he has a beanie, uh, he's, yeah. Yeah, yellow, yellow shirt. Um, <laughs> yellow shirt. Yeah, so r- yeah. rip. Oh, I, I guess you guys want to know. You guys want to know who Fooey Duck is? Is he he's, real? No, he's just an animation error or. Or a comic book era, like sometimes in the comics they accidentally draw four triplets when it's supposed to be three. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, it's just, and they're too lazy to fix it, or they don't have time to fix it. So hmm. okay. that's who Fui Duck is. The character I most want to see though is, um, what's this guy? The character I most want to see is Dudley Duck, Donald Duck. Duck's son. And yeah, Donald Duck has a son in Wait, one cartoon. Well, yeah, in, in an old cartoon, um, whatever, ha- how to have an accident at work, he does have a son. So uh, that'd be cool to maybe just imaginary, or at least maybe a dream sequence. Uh, yeah, he he can be friends with Fooey. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. A- anything else from from this episode that that you guys want to bring up? I'm just I'm happy for Lena. Um, and I never realized how much I love her highlights. It's just so such an awesome design. Her you keep changing forms. It's Cool and you know what? Who says um, no bat scales are evil? I mean, that's just a bad stereotype. I mean, that can be cool. I mean, I actually, I agree with you, Steve. Like, but why 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 are we as a society so afraid of bats? Ever heard of Batman? He's a good guy. So. Yeah, but he's supposed to be intimidating. That's why he's a bat. But intimidating isn't necessarily bad. It's just. You know, good people. Well, he's can... not like he's not giraffe man for a reason. I'm just saying, rat man. <laughs> yeah, but uh, bat, bat, bat wings should not be considered inherently evil. I agree, but uh, yeah. So let's um, go over to Happy Birthday, Doofus Drake. Yeah. yeah. So um, oh, Michelle's excited. Yeah, Michelle, you are really excited for this episode. So, like, tell me what what part of this is there? Like a specific part of this that like speaks to you? <laughs> no, the whole thing. The whole thing's just really good. I love the concept of Goldie teaming up with Green Shirt, but then also that's like she doesn't take him seriously at first because she doesn't let people get close. And the fact that they like they go to this party and Doofus is so sketchy. He comes out of the clamshell and like, oh my god. And then like everyone wants the goodie bags full of like literal precious gold heirlooms from the family that mm. Doofus is giving away. <laughs> and they, they slowly get rid of the competition and Clown Gold's amazing with his fake son and then the robot child is amazing. Uh, uh, it's I, just like all these jokes are just really, really good you I, guys. I, I just don't know why Glom Gold and Beaks are there. They, they're they rich funny. guys. They're, they're, that they're never satisfied, exactly. <laughs> well, Glongo, maybe I can understand a little bit because he's in the middle of this bet, so he needs as much money as possible. He's got to win this bet, so. <sighs> but yeah, uh, Doofus, though, getting what he deserves. Well, yeah, <laughs> that was really satisfying. But the one thing that really bummed me out, though, is the fact that the, the, the Huey Della bonding episode is a B plot. Well, you know, Dewey and Della got to have a whole A plot. Well, Huey just related to a B-plot. That's just so unfair. Well, I mean, they were in a video game, though. There wasn't a lot you could do, but I do love their red shirt. It was, like, very much a, like, I want to harvest the crops in the video game. And I have, like, a million XP, but I'm never going to cash it in because what if I die on my way to the checkpoint? Mm-hmm. 
And it seems that off-screen, Adela and Launchpad at least became somewhat friends. At the very least, they have names for each other. So what happened? Last time we saw each other, they weren't really, Della really wanted nothing to do with him. And then next thing you know, she called him LP. It's like... Well, look, it's a, it's a video game. You're, like, supporting each other because you... Well, you I'm talking about the other episode. Uh-oh. Talking about the corner yeah, yeah, you gotta yeah. level up together. So in here, they're fine. So yeah. <laughs> as long as they're in the virtual world. Yeah. Um, Goldie is a character that I I, I don't want to say frustrates me, but it's just oh, a character I'm with that. You, Alex. Uh, well, it's a character that I just for some reason just can't can't attach myself to, and maybe that's on purpose. You because she herself doesn't attach herself to anybody. Wow, well, <laughs> just for like me with it's Goldie very. Is- She's like super manipulative, but um, we get like that thing at the end where it's like, oh well, maybe he does. She does have some um, fondness for Louis after all. We we do that all the time with her. I get a little bored. Can we develop her character or move on? (laughs) Just saying. Yeah, fired, Steve. It's kind of her thing. Yeah, with like with Scrooge too. Like that's always a thing, right? Like Scrooge treats her like a thief all the time. We get in the middle was like them sort of flirting, but then at the end, Goldie gets away, and that that's just kind of the dynamic that exists, and now it will exist with Louis as well. So you know, I I get that that's a character that that, that's 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 a trait, (laughs) but yeah, it does feel a bit hollow after like the fourth time seeing. Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. I'm just saying, it sort of gets old. It gets old, I'm just saying. Mm. Even if it's a new victim, even though maybe a victim that maybe deserves a little bit, but... Well, I don't know. Does, Michelle, do you, do, you, do you have any Goldie thoughts, or do you want to support her at all? I like Goldie. I mean, she's doing her own thing, and I think Scrooge has her pegged pretty well. She, in order to just always have the upper hand and always be one step ahead. She can't have any attachments to people because that leads to emotional conflict and all those dumb, messy feelings she that get in the way of her goal. But, like, the fact that she keeps his photo in her wallet along with Scrooge at the end, it's like, he made the special Goldie Club! <laughs> she does actually care about him. But, like, again, she's not going to, like, seek him out to hang out with, but... She might team up with them again in the future. Well, will she help save the world from the moon invasion? I mean, I mean, maybe. Yeah, she could, yes, no, she actually would. She wants to capture them so she can go to the moon, take all the gold. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, she's yeah. definitely somebody. Yeah. That should, uh, that she should, always has an angle, but she's not evil. She's just in it for herself. Oh, so man. Is should, that also like how we uh, now, she should be on Lunaris's list too as a threat, at least yeah, financial he, threat. Andreas made a lot of people who aren't Scrooge. It, it just clicked with family. me that like, is that the way that we're gonna get like also the villains to like help out with this? It's like, hey guys, there's gold yes! on the moon. It's yes, like, and Globgold's like, oh yeah, I'm gonna help. <laughs> and oh my god, that was great. <laughs> That's also gonna confirm why the Mooners should be afraid though, because they have a valuable resource. And if anyone on Earth found out about the gold, they would absolutely come to harvest the moon. So mm-hmm. that kind of sucks for them. Yeah, that, 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 they underestimate our planet's mo- biggest power, which is greed. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, uh, this show is full of like, one percenters. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, a lot, lot, lots of upper crusters in this show. Um, the, in this episode, there is a doofus who's very extra. We got a glom gold who's got like a ventriloquist son who's like super hip. Who I, I think he's got like uh like an '80s style shirt and a skateboard hat on him. Uh, mm-hmm. Mark Mark Beak's kid is a droid, and it malfunctions when we ask it deep questions like, "When were you born?" <laughs> Um, so, <laughs> a, a, any any favorites uh, of these uh, of these bad bad guys in this episode? Ooh, it's hard to shoot. Probably Glomgo because he's the funniest. Um, like I said, the guy needs therapy, man. He really needs therapy. Um, because uh, I don't know, man. He's like, it's a cry for help. His acting <laughs> in this episode. I mean, he could have just he could just hired like he could have done what the others did. He could have like. Hired maybe a child actor or something, but no, he went down this route, man. Glomgold's because... one step ahead. That's why, Steve. <laughs> yeah, look, the ventriloquist thing got him to the second round. Like he wasn't eliminated yeah. <laughs> immediately. So <laughs> points to him, yeah. I guess. Yeah. 
Uh, I think Longgold's fake son is actually my favorite side character <laughs> for the episode. Nice. Followed by Robot Boy. Robot Boy's pretty great, too. Yeah, uh, uh, while he was malfunctioning, he's like, no, wait, I'm a real boy. You know, it's, no. it's like fi- fighting for his humanity, but he was unsuccessful. and He got hacked into a kill droid later on in the episode. Yeah. And then he became well, he his has- brother. He's back at the end, though, right? Yeah, like, I feel it's like tra- he, he won somehow. And, and, and he came, like, actually had a villain that becomes a good guy. I mean, he was sort of a villain at the beginning of the episode and then now he's a good boy, a good guy, so... <laughs> a good boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but, but, but yeah, uh, the person I'm most happy about is finally, like, Doofus's parents finally got some power back, and I kind of think perhaps the r- reason Goldie kind of got away in the end is because Louie wasn't paying attention, because Louie has a personal, like, investment with Doofus, he has a personal grudge against him, or at least doesn't like him and stuff. And Goldie has no attachments at all. So that's true. In the end, mm-hmm. yeah, that's what got him in the end. But, <laughs> but I love how in the middle of the episode, oh, Louis like, then she saved me. But that's got to be part of an angle. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's how it how it always feels with Goldie. Although that that moment of her stepping in front of of the of Louis as a pinata it was pretty strong. Um, also, I just want to comment on Goldie dressing as a mom. Is <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so good. Good, good, good uniform choices, I, I guess. Um, nice and when nice they, sneakers. When they punk Long Gold and he's like, oh, hey, can I talk to your son alone? So he like, goes underwater and the, the dummy's just like, rah, rah, rah. he's like, hey, <laughs> I think my mom has a crush on your dad. <laughs> this is such a brilliant teamwork I, thing. Like, I honestly think they make a great team and they have a lot of good moments like that. I think when Gong goes underwater, you might know, because I think he, he still might be easier to understand than Donald. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's true. It's true. Yeah. But yeah, the, the two con artists in the show are made for each other. What a surprise, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, yeah, I guess. Yeah. But uh, anyways, uh, just wrapping up here with the, uh, the golden army of, Corn- of Cornelius Coots. Um, the main thought that I have, why is every animated show obsessed with corn? Why is corn in every show? Because oh, corn's everywhere in the country, Is Alex. it though? We have, we have a corn surplus. Yeah, it's in, it's in plastic. <laughs> it's everywhere. But yeah. like, in OKKO, OK corn is literally God. And like, it, Star vs. the Force yeah. of Evil, it's the only corn. source of and, nutrition. And, and brace mm. the corn! Why? Why should I? I, I reject the corn. No questions. Just take the corn, Alex. Come corn. on, it's coming for you. One way the or another. The corn people are coming. Eventually, become our overlords. Accept it. I hate the you corn accept people. Accept it, Alex. <laughs> corn, dumb. Um, you know. You know what? I, what threw me off. But I kind of thought from him here we we're going with Webby was Webby jealous of Della type of thing. I thought that we were going for I, honest, I honestly got that at the beginning too where it was like Webby, Webby is like then I'll finally be able to surpass Della. So it's like it kind of it kind of feels like a jealousy angle although like it later tilts to a, I just yeah. want to live up to her reputation which yeah. is not quite the same thing. But like yeah. um, you know Webby's always been an adventurer so I guess it makes sense yeah. that she wants to. That would have been interesting though if yeah she was more she felt left out maybe if Mm-hmm. And and it kind of harkens back to season one, where I think there were episodes as well where Webby tries to like live up to Scrooge's reputation as an adventurer, so and that's kind of her deal mm-hmm. for like the first couple of uh, episodes there. So mm-hmm. it it it, do, it does feel like a back to vintage Webby, which you know your mileage may vary on on how you feel about well, about well, uh, hyperactive well, that, obsessed Webby. Well, that well also that's how she met Lena because she remember she felt left out. And like I said, that's always going to sort of be part of her character because, you know, she's not a blood relative. And, you know, I, I'm saying as much as we say she's part of the family, that's great and all. And I, I believe that. But, you know, she that's why she and Launchpad sort of have this connection, too. They're they're like sort of the part of family, but they're not blood relatives. And that's always yeah. going to be the case. True. They both sort of want to be like and that's great. And they sort of are. But. You get the point, right? Mm-hmm. Just... Um, speaking of Launchpad, um, Michelle, well, what, what were your feelings towards how Launchpad was treated in this episode? <laughs> I mean, Launchpad's a great character, but 
incompetent, and sometimes that gets in the way of things. So yeah. uh, he, he has the heart of gold, though. I'll yeah. give him that. And so many people find him so attractive and want to be his boo. <laughs> and, like, he'll, he always has that, you know? It, you know, how, I mentioned like, podcast back how I think uh, Beeks is, like, a more competent person when Gizmo Duck's involved, involved yeah. around. I think Launchpad the same way with Darkwing Duck. When Darkwing Duck is sort of in the equation, he's much more smarter and competent. Like, he knows what he's doing. So it's all about juxtaposition. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, like, deep down in his heart, he wants to be a pilot, no matter if yeah. he's bad at it. <laughs> like, that's no matter like, if he, like, puts things together with literal gum. Yeah, but, like, that, that's his heart's desire, and so he'll, he'll work at it. Um, Della being frustrated throughout the episode, though, is something that we all expect to happen Relatable. at some yeah. point. And, well, she and, is- well, that is, she is Scrooge's niece, so as you get that from Scrooge, getting frustrated with Launchpad. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know, <laughs> Launchpad is a treasure, and he needs yeah. to be protected, and good good, good for him that he no, ends up saving only, the day somehow. So. Only his point, though, is when he was, like, having those lessons with Della, he, he didn't never, uh, once says, how, what does, like, Dewey think of me? How is Dewey doing? Or what does, does he, is he still my best friend? No blue shirt. So do you call that um, the character development? <laughs> that he's like, I guess so. Uh, that now he's just focused on the <laughs> lessons. Uh, sure. Yeah, he's not clinging to blue shirt anymore. Or yeah. Do we? Um, <laughs> uh, notably, this plane has a muscle hamster by the name of Nibbles that gives it a yeah. turbo boost. And... That's mm-hmm. stuck in my brain. I don't know about you guys, but the gerbil's ripped. Wait, is it a gerbil or a hamster? Actually, maybe it's a hamster. I know I really don't know what the. Like, I think gerbils look like a little more like mice or something, and hamsters are a little more out there. But like, where does that leave guinea pigs? Like, what are they? And this, and like I said, when you see, and I see animals like that in this type of anthropomorphic animal world, it still just blows my mind. Right, because like we're gonna have the chipmunks at some point that talk, right? And they're like similar size to hamsters. But what yeah. if Nibbles can talk? Well, what if Nibbles, just like in the future episode, is just like, "Hey, Launchpad, why are you using me for, for your boosting?" Oh, I, oh, I can see Launchpad just somehow be able to understand animal talk. I, or at least maybe just be so like get clucked in the head or something. Just be, just think he's seeing animals talk because Launchpad is that type of cat. Uh, that would be great. Yeah. <laughs> Um, of the of the main plot of like them going through through the mine carts, the mine tunnels to find this treasure. Um, are any of you guys afraid of spiders? Is that is that a thing we have here represented in the podcast? I don't. I'm not sure afraid of spiders, but I do get freaked out if I accidentally just bump into a spider web. I'm not afraid of big spiders, but I'm afraid of small spiders. Yeah. Interesting. Why? Big ones are like fuzzier. Like tarantulas are real fuzzy and they're really light. Like you think their butt's really heavy, but they're not. They're super light and chill and they look kind of cute. The way like bumblebees are kind of cute, you know? Hmm. Okay. But But the small ones are just like really small and that's creepy. So. Oh, Michelle, have you ever read a story book called Charlotte's Web? Yes. Uh, yes, I like I how you say that as if, like some obscure story. It's like, have you I know. You ever heard about it? <laughs> we read it in, I think, third or fourth grade. Yeah. Yeah, that's the only time I see a spider being a protagonist, and maybe, uh, like what they do, they they kill off other bugs because they realize that if we ju- if we don't kill the bugs, it would be like be bad for the world. Um, sh- exactly. Yeah. Sh- shout out to Spider with a top half from Star Versus. Oh, that yeah. was a good spider. But, yeah. awesome spider. but here, yeah. I think oh, that uh, if you have a spider phobia, this episode might be a bit tough to get through because there are many, many spiders I'm in not, many places on faces. Well, so it's, it, I'm not sure if the Beagles had spider phobia, but by the end of the episode, they do. Yeah, yeah, arachnophobia, that's the word. I was, like, yeah. thinking, like, what yeah. spider phobia doesn't sound right. Arachnophobia, that's what it is. But, uh, yeah, Any anything else that stood out from this episode? Oh, oh, at oh. The, well, at, at the beginning of the episode, 
the the it's being the set up guys. by this whole thing of them going to an old uh, city. I did not get this field trip experience. Although I heard from people who did, and it, that seems to be the general experience. It's like really... Pioneer Village. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It is. It is like that, Alex. They'll be like, churn this butter. Try to make cotton into yarn with these weird metal fork things. Oh. Just think about how depressing it was to be Pioneer Trying to make it cool for you. I think I want a field trip like that in first grade. Yeah, usually it's for young kids, like first grade. And by the the highlight though for me was though was the uh, the tour guide who I think the librarian in in the past episode playing all these characters. It just and the fact though when the beagles try to take her hostage, she beat them. She defeated them. Like yeah, She's pretty cool, whoever she is. Yeah, I, I think she's the librarian. And yeah, the librarian showed Spunk from like the last episode I remember her in. So, good good, good for her that she's uh, shoving them off. Speaking of, good, speaking of good, it just seems like a whole, all the, the theme of the these episodes are people finally taking some power back. And this episode, big time, at least t- stood up for himself. I mean, good for him. Sure. Although, like, at the end, he gets back with the gang, so does it yeah. really matter? Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, sure, good. It's for a moment, just for a little moment, but, you know, yeah. he's a villain, so they're not allowed to have, like, like tournament character development, so. Yeah, yeah. So, um, with, with that, uh, let's, um, just, any final thoughts you guys want to get off about these episodes, uh, or predictions for next week, which I guess is Ooh. the finale of this season on Michelle. Wait, is last. it really? Uh, oh yeah. Yes. Well, I, I go, guess I should. Let re- me go last. Let me go last. Yeah, sure. I'll, I'll just read it off of the, ne- the four episodes coming next week are Typhoon, Glom Tales, but that should be good. Ooh, um, the, ri- yeah. the richest duck in the world, that will also probably be good because that sounds Glom Goldie too. And, and Moonvasion, which is expected to be the finale of the season. Okay, well, uh, Michelle, uh, any any thoughts on the future or or on these episodes that we just talked about? I I'm really enjoying this season. I feel like it's it's been really strong overall. Um, I really want to see Penumbra like find Del again and like maybe live on Earth and I don't know what they would do together but something magical obviously (laughs) oh are you shipping them no I don't don't know I don't know if I'm shipping them I mean Della's like just got back I feel like she's like trying to just like focus on her family right now but like maybe in a little bit she can like open up the possibility of like dating but it's like permanent roommates and see how that goes you know yeah Yeah. exactly they can share a room in Scrooge's giant house together and see how that goes. Um, I don't know. I mean, like, I'm excited for Moon Invasion, but I also, like, I don't know where we're going to go from there because, like, we've already been to space this season. Like, how much bigger can the show get? But I don't know. I guess we'll find out. All right. All right. So, Steve, final thoughts on these episodes and I guess your prediction for the, for the next week. Okay. Um, I loved all these episodes. I mean, can't get enough Donald. Um, I'm so glad those certain people are taking their power back. Um, Lena finally, finally, like maybe getting past her issues, her trauma, and good for Doofus's parents. Finally, they have a little yes, power back. They have sweet. a good son now. Yeah, and um. Webby is Webby's a treasure though. I mean in that corn episode, um how can you not love Webby? Anyway, my prediction for uh, next week's episode at the end of Shadow Wars, yeah. how Della was the stinger. Uh, yeah. at the very end. I think in season two, the stinger. We have a, also a new stinger character. I think it'll be no, it's gonna be Daisy. I Why? think <laughs> It's just sort of connection there. Like first season, Della, season two, Daisy. It's just sort of a thing with the female, important female characters to the Duck family and start with Dee's. Yes, yep. And I think she's she's like a really important enough character from the comics that it would be a big deal to actually see her like reveal. I mean, I think Goofy. We might see him in the actual episode. He might be. Like a masked man helping Donald get across country, and then when he when they get there, he's like take off his hood or something. He's like Goofy, 
Why would he like lie to him the whole journey back though <laughs> with their friends? Oh no, no, I'm talking about him just. No, no, I'm talking about for the viewers. We can't see him. Like Donna would know it's him. But, oh, okay. <laughs> This is this is very elaborate, but okay. But like we could tell from the second he talked that he was. Doing, you know. <laughs> They'll give him a voice modulator. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, no, I'd love. It. I'm trying to wonder though if we're gonna. I wonder if we're going to see. I wonder if we're going to see Pete, like in the future when he's going to be in the show. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So we will be back next week to talk about the last. For episodes, uh, if you've enjoyed this uh, this discussion, you can always go to overtheanimated.com to find out more about us. Um, you can join us on Discord to chat with us about animation at overtheanimated.com slash Discord. Uh, you can support us financially via Patreon at patreon.com slash overtheanimated. Thanks to all of our current patrons, especially our patron of the podcast, Carter, a.k.a. Cardboard. Um, thanks to our Patreon executive producers, Ryan, Steve, Beatrice, Hugh, Michael, and Needle. Uh, besides DuckTales, um, as previously mentioned, you can catch our discussion on the OKKO series finale, which uh, we put out yesterday. Yeah. Uh, we are also covering shows such as Miraculous Ladybug, Steve, uh, we've got the Steven Universe movie coverage, uh, we've mm-hmm. got uh, Fruit Baskets going on, Final Space, so a, a lot of uh, diff- yeah. different shows going on. But we will definitely mm-hmm. be back next week for DuckTales, the, the season finale. Until then, we will talk to you later. Okay. Goodbye. Hey, bye. Bye. <laughs> bye.